Welcome to the Cure Church Lee Summit Podcast. Here at the Cure Church, we believe Jesus is the cure for whatever you may be going through. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, we pray this week's message encourages you. Good morning, Father, in the name of Jesus, the name of the Most High God. Father, we come before you, Lord God, and before we ask you for anything, we just thank you for everything, God. We praise you this morning that you are a good father. We praise your holy name. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace, your mercy, your goodness, and your power, for your ability to forgive, your ability to stretch us, your ability to challenge us, God. We thank you right now for every good thing in our life, for every good thing comes from you. Father, this morning, we just pray an outpouring of your spirit. We pray the fire of God, that consuming fire my wife talked about, God, will begin to fall upon this house. Father in heaven, I pray bring up a new excitement in our spirit God I pray right now right now God that we begin to have an urgency in our spirit God a heart of expectancy for what you want to do father in heaven I pray that that just thinking is going to be another service that our mind will be on healings and breakthroughs God that our minds will be on on breakthroughs Lord God of every God oppression must bow down depression must bow down addictions must bow down in the name of Jesus Father, I pray that you would have your way, Lord God. Father, we make room for what you want to do. Father, I pray, speak through me, Lord God. I pray right now that I would be your mouthpiece. I pray that none of us will walk out of this place the same way that we walked in. We pray transformation power. Transformation power. Father in heaven, I pray that today will be the day that we drop off every burden at this altar. That this morning will be the day that we drop off every hindrance, God, every sin that so easily ensnares us, that we drop those things off and instead we pick up a garment of praise, that we pick up right now, Lord God, holiness, and that we begin to run this race, Lord God, for you and you alone. Father, I pray, anoint me to speak this message with boldness, clarity, and passion. Anoint the ears and the hearts of your people. Father, we love you. We thank you. Have your way in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, somebody. Jesus, come on. Yes, Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Woo. Amen. Go ahead and find your seat this morning. This morning, before we get into this, I want to encourage you. This is, listen, hear my heart this morning. Please, if you hear nothing, hear my heart. I want to encourage you. Continue to pray. Continue to believe, amen, that this love revolution will be more than just a series of messages but that it will be a movement, amen? A movement that will go beyond the four walls of this building and into all the world. Come on, somebody. And I pray that this thing, and I want you to pray this prayer, that, Lord, let the love revolution begin to mark people. Come on, that people will know you've been touched by the love of God. You've been marked by the love of God. And I pray that this mark will make an impact as long as eternity. Can I tell you something? You may not know this or not, but this love revolution, it begins and ends with you. I'm putting weight on you this morning. You're not here just to be a part of it, to hear it, to see it. You're a part to be it. This thing begins and ends with you. It begins and ends with me. As long as you're loving, the love revolution will continue to move forward. 
But the moment we stop loving the way God has called us to love is a moment that this movement turns into a monument. What does that mean? That means if it stops being what it is and begins to be what it used to be. Come on, a monument of what happened. Do you remember we used to do this? Remember that? Listen, I don't want that to happen. I want this to be what we're doing, not what we used to do. Amen? So this morning, I want to continue the love revolution with one of the most grace-filled passages in all the Bible. When I read this story, it makes me think of how crazy and how radical God's love for us really is. Listen, if you think about it, God's love don't make no sense. It, listen, think about it. It don't make sense. You love me? You love us? Not just love them, but the way you love us? You loved us to the cross? You loved us to the point where you stayed on the cross? Come on, man. If we could be real this morning, we ain't worth the love God has for us. We ain't. This is how radical it is. God loves us anyway. It's, it don't make sense to me. The goal this morning is this, that when we leave this service this morning, that we walk away from this building, from this property, knowing that in all of our imperfections, all of our failures, and everything we've ever done and been through, God still has radical, crazy love for us, amen? And all of your mistakes, all of your regrets, and your shame-filled life, come on, somebody. Listen, God still loves you. His love will never fail, just like we talked about last week, amen? There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Come on, I'm talking about an unconditional love that when you're at your lowest, God's love is at its highest. Amen? Come on, it's an amazing feeling. It's amazing to know, God, you love me even when I don't deserve your love. And maybe that's just me this morning. But when you have that heart like that, that's how you know you'll serve God for the long haul because you understand this truth. I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve to be loved the way you love me. I don't deserve your love to the point where you restored some things that were broken, amen, that you took me out of the place that I chose to be in. Oh, I'm just by myself this morning. Come on. When you understand that love, it makes you want to serve God. It makes you want to love God because of how he loved me. So we're going to get into this amazing passage this morning, but I got a treat for you right now. Before we do, we're going to be having a wedding. Hosea, are you ready? All right. Come on, you ready for this? Yeah, bro, you're looking clean. Cleaner than a board of health. Look at you, brother. Amen. You ready for this? All right. Well, if I can have every person in this place stand to your feet. Yet. 
Whoa. Hey, come here real quick. You sure you want to do this? God told me I have to. All right, well, obey God. I'm glad he didn't tell me. Hallelujah. All right. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here this morning in the presence of God to bring these two and holy matrimony. Holy. There ain't no song. Stop dancing. <laughs> Hosea, I want you to repeat these vows after me. All right? I, Hosea, take you, Gomer, to be my wife. I promise to be true to you in good times and in bad. In sickness and in health. I will love you and honor you all the days of my life. All right. Um, Gomer, is that your name? Mm-hmm. You sure? All right. All right. Okay, praise God. Uh, I got some vows for you to repeat. Okay. Okay. All right. I, Gomer, take you, Hosea, to be my husband. I, Gomer, take you, Hosea, to be my husband. To have and to hold. From this day forward. From this day forward. For better. For better. For worse. Worse. I ain't found out for this. That's this is this is it. I'm not about that, okay. We'll talk about it later. Alright. Still still want to do this? Okay. Okay. For richer. Richer, yeah. And for poor. You just want food stacks? Because I'm trying to get off. Okay. <laughs> trying to get off. Alright. And sickness? I'm not gonna take care of you. And in health. Okay, you can do that one. All right. Until death do us part. Okay. Are you saying this stuff? Oh, death. Yes, death do until you die. <laughs> With the authority vested in me by the state of Missouri, I now pronounce you man and wife. Hosea, you may kiss your bride. we pray for that brother right now father in the name of jesus help that all right you can find your seats only at the cure church hallelujah hosea chapter one verse two to three says this that when the lord first began speaking to israel through hosea he said to him go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. So let me lay this down for you guys this morning. Hosea was a prophet of the Lord, a man of God. His heart was this, I just want to hear from God for the people of God. I want to be a voice to this generation. I want to be a prophet to the nations. So what he did was he lived his life accordingly to setting himself up to be used by God. And the very first time God begins to speak to him, where there's an excitement in his spirit, it's happening, God's speaking to me. He wished God wouldn't have have. (laughs) Because the first thing God says is, I want you to go and marry a prostitute. 
How many would have said, get behind me, Satan? The devil is a liar. That ain't God. He said, I want you to jeopardize your entire future, your entire ministry, and join yourself in marriage with a prostitute. Other translations get a little deeper. It calls her a whore, a harlot. And I want you to imagine this is, is how you begin your ministry for God. You went to seminary, you've studied, you've positioned yourself, you've allowed yourself to be discipled, and then God tells you, go marry a prostitute. Now, as we read this, we don't get the fullness of it, but this is a big deal. Because Hosea had family, he had friends, he had people that he looked up to, he had people that maybe he spoke into their lives, and now all of a sudden they're saying, dude, you're blowing it. You're crazy. God told me, God didn't tell you to marry a prophet. Why would God tell you? Come on. So now he has all these people second guessing him. You don't hear from God. You're not a prophet. You're not a man of God. I wouldn't believe, I can't believe you would want to even do that. Sister Mary over here or Sister Judith over here, whoever her name is, they're way better. Her name is what? Gomer? Are you kidding me? Everyone around him saying, this is the complete opposite of what God would tell you to do. You're not hearing from God. You're wrong. You're in, come on, somebody. But he knew. No, no, no. I heard from God. Listen, can you allow yourself to be led by God when you heard from God, even though everyone around you telling you it ain't God? I heard from God. And this is what I love about Hosea. He didn't allow outside voices drown out the most important voice there is the voice of God he joined himself with a woman who had a bad reputation a woman that half the town had already been with a woman who sold her body for money it was a disgrace listen it was bad enough that this woman wasn't a virgin and let me, let me just point out the culture this time the culture was this let's look at Joseph and Mary when Joseph was engaged to be married to Mary, she told him, I'm pregnant. She told him, I'm pregnant through the Holy Spirit. I'm giving birth to the Son of God. And of course, he's like, you're tripping. <laughs> Listen, just, just be real. You messed up. And the Bible says that Joseph made him his mind to divorce her quietly. Why, would, why did he need to do it quietly? Because he didn't want to shame her. Why was that so important? Because she could have been stoned for what she did or didn't do, but what he thought she did. So now you have a woman. Let's take it on the other side. Now you have a woman who's been around. And she's not a virgin. She's not who a man of God would marry, but God tells him to. Let's just point, let me just make it as clear as possible. She wasn't worthy to be married. Remember what I just said right now. She wasn't worthy to be married. She was one encounter away from being dragged to the city center and being stoned to death. No one wanted to marry a woman like this. But Hosea was obedient to do what God had called him to do, even if it meant marrying a prostitute. This woman was a black sheep of her entire family. If she had a father, her father probably disowned her a long time ago. 
She was a black eye. She was shamed to her family. No normal God-fearing person would ever want to even be seen with her. Are you hearing me? Like, if she started walking down the street, somebody else would have walked the other way. No one wanted to be seen around her, to be associated with her, but now a man of God is married to her. See, God wanted him to marry this prostitute, this harlot, this whore, this promiscuous woman to paint a picture to his people. He said, I want you to do this to show the people how they are with me. God is saying, you, my people, have acted like Gomer. What is he saying? He's saying this. I love you. I've been faithful to you. I'm there for you. But you've been whoring around for way too long. You've been cheating on me with other things. You want other things more than you want me. Like Jose came up here and led prayer, and we're talking about them worshiping idols. He said, listen, man, I'm the creator. And instead of worshiping me as a creator, you're worshiping the creation. You're worshiping things I've made. You're worshiping people. You're worshiping bronze. You're worshiping gold. You want everything but me. You've become a whore. Hosea marries this woman. But as we can imagine, the honeymoon was over real quick because a pattern began to form. Gomer, where you been at? Around. Well, I know that. But where you been? And it turns into her staying out late and later and later to not coming home for days on end while Hosea, the man of God, is taking care of children. Most of us, if we could be honest, it would have got old real quick. Come on. I'm out of here. This couldn't have been God. We would have thrown in a towel. We would have gave up. We would have said, no, I'm done with this. But Hosea was a picture of God. Because when all of us ran after other things, God was still faithful. When we wanted to worship the things of this world, God was still faithful. When we were cheating around and doing the things we did, God was still faithful. Who knows? If this woman was ever in love with Hosea, but Hosea loved her. Why? Because this was his wife, and that meant something. So when he made a covenant with this woman, he took it serious. He loved her. And because he loved her, he was grieved by her actions. See, he wouldn't have been hurt if he didn't care. God ain't hurt unless he cares. If we're born again, you know what that means? That means that for us, we've all made the decision to follow God. Listen, no one forced you to be saved. If you're saved in this place, no one forced you. But we decided to be in a committed relationship with Jesus. And when we get ourselves involved in a committed relationship, we are called to be faithful in that relationship. But the truth is, that I, listen, I know this for every one of us this morning. 
In some point or time in our life, we've all grieved God by our actions, by our unfaithfulness at one time or another. It could have been a thought this morning. It could have been an action. It could have been something we said, amen. But every one of us has grieved God. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Look how it says in the message translation. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Some of us need to read that every morning. The word grieve in the Greek means this. It means a pain one can only experience between two people who are deeply in love with one another. This word grieve would normally be used as a picture of a husband and a wife hurt by unfaithfulness by their spouse. This scripture is telling us that we have a God that is so deeply and so madly in love with us with this crazy, crazy love that when we fall into sin, we grieve him to the point of feeling like we've just committed adultery against him. Listen, he wouldn't be grieved if he didn't love us the way he loves us. We got to remember when we get saved, Jesus becomes a part of us. Come on, Jesus is in us, amen? Listen, so when we drink and smoke and lust and lie and steal and cheat, we take Jesus to all those places. And what it does is this, our actions, what we do, it devastates him. It hurts him. It grieves him. It wounds him. We grieve the Holy Spirit of our God by what we do, what we say, what we think. Lord, help us. Why does that happen? Because we think everything else outside of these four walls is so much better than what's inside of it. We think that the world has so much more to offer you. Listen, you got saved for a reason. You understood, amen, that everything out there, amen, ain't what it seems to be. You got saved for a reason. You left the world for a reason, amen. You've been hurt by people, amen. People that thought you, they loved me, man. They never loved you. They just wanted something from you. This woman, Gomer, she began to run to her other desires and the other things she lusted after. All she wanted was Popeyes. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, with bread, beans, and rice, and fire. Amen. He, speaking of Hosea, 
sees her coming and going. He begins to question, are these kids, are they even mine? Look what the word of God says. In Hosea chapter 2, verse 7, it says, Then when she runs after her lovers, she won't be able to catch them. Let me stop right there for just a minute. When you run after the things that are outside of God's will, you think you got it, but you don't. Because what you think you got ain't really what you got. You thought you got, oh, this will make me happy, this will fulfill me, it never will. It'll, it'll leave you ruined, amen. It'll leave you busted and disgusted, amen. It'll leave you to a point where you're thinking, man, I thought this is what I wanted, but it ain't. Why? Because every one of us are built with a heart, and there's a void in our heart, amen. And we try to fill that void with everything, with men and women, more money, this and that. But at the end of the day, we are still empty this morning. Why? Because that void was meant for Jesus. And unless you got Jesus in your heart, amen, in that void, you will never feel fulfilled. But you won't know that until Jesus is there. She will search for them but not find them. She will think, I might as well return to my husband for I was better off with him than I am now. Listen, running after not just godly desires, but she was running after lustful desires. Running after. What does that mean? That paints a picture of a pursuit. She's in pursuit. She's running and she's running and she thinks she has it. She thinks she has happiness. She thinks she has joy. She thinks she finally got it, but she don't. She runs and she never catches them. It represents this. It represents how the enemy is luring many out of the will of God. Here's what you want. Come on, come on. Here's what you want. You want this. Oh, I can't believe that they wanted you to go to church on Wednesday too. Come on, you don't want that. You want this. Oh, they want you to give? No, no, no. Give your money to the strip club. Give your money to the casino. Give your money to the dope dealer. Come on, this is what you want. This will make you happy. But every time you fall for that, you wake up. And you're just as empty as you were the day before. Come on, somebody. You, you feel just as broken, amen? You thought, man, I just need another drink. I just need another smoke. And you still feel the same way in the morning. It never gives you what it promises. She will search for them, but she won't find them. All the things that people we go after, guess what? They ain't really there for us when we need them. At your lowest points of life, you think somebody in this world going to be there for you? You wish. Can I tell you something? I want you to know something real good. And I want you to get it real good. The world hates you. I want you to just get that out there and just know this. The world don't like you. It hates you. But the world will smile in your face. The world will say, hey, man, I'm here. As long as you got five on it. Come on, as long as you got what they want. But the moment you don't, the world will desert you. And then you'll realize it was better in my father's house the entire time, amen? I thought it was too many rules. I thought it was too many restrictions. I thought this was wrong, that was wrong. And then I got offended, amen? And I left thinking it was better out there. Come on, somebody. It was always better in your father's house. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let the devil make you think that it's better in the world. You came out of the world for a reason because you knew that God is good. 
she realized, she had to realize, and that's for every one of us. We got to realize it ain't all what I thought it was. She realized that everything she thought she wanted led to nothing but destruction. She thought, man, I might as well return to my husband. She's coming to the realization, church, that it was always better in my husband's love. Mm, come on, somebody. You know why? Because my husband cares for me. Come on, he supports me. He's there for Listen, I got a husband, amen, and listen, he represents God. He never beat me. He never disgraced me. He never shamed me, amen. He's always been faithful even when I wasn't. Oh, come on, man. Listen, this is what God is to us. God is good. God is faithful, but we get blinded by the glitz and glamour. You've been watching too much Facebook and Instagram. Oh, look at that, man. The glitz and the glamour. Look what they're doing. They're having fun. No, they ain't. They just want you to think they are. Come on, when's the last time you've seen on Instagram someone post the worst picture of their life? The worst day of their life? When was the last time you've seen them just get real, like, man, I'm so messed up? Nobody wants you to see the real them. They want you to see the highlights of their life. And we think, oh, look at how much fun they're having. But they don't tell you about the abortions that you're having. They don't tell you about them getting so drunk they don't know who they woke up with. They don't tell you about all those other things. They just want you to see the highlights. Why? Because people care with the Listen, our world is full of narcissists. What is, I know, somebody like, what? That means that you just about you. You're self-centered. You want people to think the best of you, even when it's the worst of you. And that's the world we live in, and we can get caught up in the church, looking at our old friends and looking at their habits, look what they're doing, and think, man, it looks like they're having so much fun. Look what they're doing tonight on a Wednesday. I got to go to church. And we think it's all good. It ain't. Listen, unless, unless it's all God, it's never all good. Somebody need to tweet that. That was good. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Speaking of someone who realized that I see the glitz and glamour, but the truth is it's all smoke and mirrors. Look, watch this. In Luke chapter 15, verse 11, Jesus said, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told him the story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, his younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him to feed into the field to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the paws he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Watch this. It is a picture of thinking it's better out there. But when I got there, think about this. The only thing he could do after blowing all his money on wild living is feed pigs. A Jewish man feeding pigs. Pigs which are considered unclean to the Jewish people, now you're feeding them. Now they're eating better than you are. Now you want what they have. Come on, man. The world will leave you so low. You will want what the worst things have. 
Why? Because you don't have nothing else. <laughs> this is deep. No one gave him anything. Why? Because he didn't have anything to give them no more. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. And he was really dying of hunger, not like how your kids say, I'm starving. And they ate an hour ago. No, he was really, truly dying of hunger. He said, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. This young prodigal man understood it is better in my daddy's house. It is better, amen. I thought it was good. It is better in my daddy's house, amen. So here's the question. Why does it take wrecking our lives with sin to finally understand it is better with God than without him? She realized it's better with my husband, it's better back home. But listen, even though she realized that, she had a big problem now. Because of her unfaithfulness to the point where she had gotten so deep into her sin, she no longer owned herself. The deeper you get in sin, the more of a slave to it you become. So no longer was she able to just to leave and just do her own thing and go back home. No, no, no. She was a slave now. So you think, well, I can dabble here and dabble there. Listen, you ain't dabbling nowhere. You become a slave to that thing. Oh, just a one smoke, just a one drink. Let me just look at this. for You become a slave to it. Why do you become a slave to it? Because you feed it. And because you're not feeding yourself the things of God, but you keep feeding this lust and you keep feeding this addiction and you keep feeding everything else, it becomes bigger than you are. And now it controls you. She was in bondage. She lost her freedom, church. And the only true freedom we will ever have is the freedom that is found in God. That's why Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Now the Spirit is the Lord, amen. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom this morning. Hosea chapter 3, verse 1 says, Then the Lord said to me, Go and love your wife again. Even though she commits adultery with another lover, this will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel. Stop right there. God, you still love me? Even through what I've done? Even through what I've said? Even through the places I've been? You still love me? How can I not love a God who loves me despite me? Go and get her back, he says, because this will illustrate that even though you're worshiping other gods, even though you're sleeping with other lovers, even though you're doing everything else you shouldn't be doing, I still love you. It shows me that God just can't stop loving us. Because, man, we give him a lot of reasons to. We give him a lot of reasons just to stop loving us and caring for us the way he does, but he don't. Amazing, even though they've turned to other gods, you're worshiping something, but I'm the one who created you. Even though they've turned to other gods and love to worship them, 
So I brought her back for 15 pieces of silver and five bushels of barley and a measure of wine. See, Hosea didn't wait for his wife to get right and come back all humbly, asking for apologies and things. He didn't do that. No, she needs to come to me. Come on, somebody. No, no, I didn't, I, I've been faithful. I didn't do nothing wrong. She, she wants me, she can come back. She can apologize, she can repent, and then maybe. But that's us, that ain't God. He went after her. He loved her enough to go after her and find her and redeem her. So while she was pursuing other things, he was pursuing her. Come on, when we are pursuing other things, God is still pursuing us, amen. We're running after things, God's running after us. Man, I wish you would get it this morning. Come on, thank God that Jesus don't just wait for us to get right. You know why he don't do that? Because we might never get right. He comes after us. He is in constant pursuit of our hearts. He desire is to love us and to forgive us and to redeem us just like Hosea did with Gomer. For every person who once served God who's fallen away and been drawn away, God never stops pursuing them. Why? Because there's something about his love. It's crazy. It's crazy love. He purchased her. He sacrifices finances, his substance, his goods to buy her back so that she could be free again. But I want you to catch something. There's something amazing about Hosea buying something he already owned. Imagine me buying my car back when someone stole it. But that's exactly what Jesus did for every one of us. From the moment we were born, we were God's. Why? Because God created us. But through sin, we have all been drawn away to the point where God had to make a decision that if I want them back, I have to buy them back. How do you buy them back? By sending the most valuable thing I have to the earth and using him as a sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. God literally repurchased us back again by the son. Come on. He redeemed her. He redeemed her. A redemption is part of this. It's a picture of me going and buying back something that was already in my possession. We've all been redeemed. If we've been bought by Jesus Christ, if we've been sanctified, saved, set free, it means that we've been redeemed. There was a redemption in our life. You know when he did it? Not when we decided to get right. He did it when we were at our worst. Watch this. Romans chapter 5, verse 68 says, Christ arrived right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. 
Because I hear this a lot. Well, I'm just not ready. You never be ready. Are you kidding me? You'll never be ready. Ever wait? Listen, my thank God ain't waiting for me to get ready. He pursued me. He pursued you. We will never be ready. What that means is that you're saying this. Oh, let me get my life right, then I'll come to God. That's backwards. You don't get right and then come to God. You come to God and get right. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for the sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for. And we can understand how someone good and noble can inspire us as a selfless sacrifice. But God put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatever to him. We ran off and turned our back on God while he remained faithful to us. Come on, are you catching this? He says, we can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for, but we weren't. But he did it anyway. See, earlier I said she wasn't worthy of that love. Neither are we. I don't care how self-righteous you get. None of us in this place are worthy of the love of God. We weren't worth dying for, but in his, his eyes, we were. It's weird. We were not worth dying for, because just like I said here, that we didn't have nothing to offer him. When he did this, when he sacrificed his life on the cross of Calvary, we didn't have anything to offer him. It wasn't like there's an exchange, right? There's an exchange of goods. Listen, because you're so this, and because you preach so well, and because you give so well, and because of this, we were none of that. But while we were yet sinners... He died for us. We ran off and turned our back on God while he remained faithful to us the whole time. Whether this is you right now or who you once were, every one of us, we've gotten so deep into sin, we couldn't find our way out until God. Until God, amen. Until God intervened, God sent his son, he spilled his blood and died for us. Come on, somebody. And when he died, amen, that death was the ransom for our sins that we all needed. Titus chapter 3, verse 3 says, Once we too were foolish and disobedient. We were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives, listen to this, were full of evil and envy and we hated each other. That's why we need a love revolution. Jesus came after us, church. He used people to minister to us, to witness to us, to love us, to show the way. Jesus pursues us. He pursues us. Has anyone ever felt pursued by God? Like even when you try to run, he's like everywhere. Every channel is a message. Every you got convicted every time you try to do something. Oh, I'll watch a TV show. It ain't going to be about God. And then for some reason, God speaks you through that TV show. What is that? That's God pursuing you. He's not letting you go. He loves you. Amen. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says this as I close this morning. He says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. 
all you really got to do here this morning, watching online, all you got to really do is to hear and to open. The word of the Lord to everyone here is that Jesus loves and he wants you, he desires you, amen. And that question is, will you open the door of your heart and let him in this morning? John 3, 16, and the message says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. By believing in him. If you've been around, you've heard me say this before, believing is more than just, oh yeah, I believe. Believing causes a change in action. If I believe enough, amen, a change has to come. And when I believe the way this scripture is telling me to believe, it says anyone can have a whole and lasting life. His love is just crazy. His love doesn't make sense. But he loves us anyway. So we are called to pattern our love, not after what we see in the world, because what we see in the world is a conditional love. It's a love based on conditions, a love based on what you can do for me, how you treat me. Come on, somebody. But God is calling us to a love that's unconditional, meaning we love when it don't make sense. We love when it's crazy to love, amen? We love, amen, just because God called us to love. Stand your feet with me this morning. Some of you here this morning, God has been pursuing you. He has been after you because he loves you. He's not after you because he's mad at you. He's after you because he loves you. And maybe you're here this morning and you know that God's been pursuing you. You know there's time to get things in order. You know it's time to get right with him. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. That means that tomorrow is promised to no one. Oh, well, let me do it tomorrow. You're not promised tomorrow. Let me, let me do some things first. No, 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 let God do it. Let God do it. Stop running for him. Because just like Gomer, you will run and you will run and you will catch nothing. But the moment you stop running and let God catch you, you will finally get everything. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. This morning, every man, every woman, young people, Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. And he'll love you. Even if you keep rejecting him, he'll love you. But there's nothing he can do if we keep rejecting him and die in our sin. How can a perfect God who, said, who loves us so much. How can God who loves everything, love, 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 send anyone to hell? He doesn't. You made that decision. You made the decision. Jesus ain't in heaven like, yeah, take that, go to hell. He's not doing that. He's grieving over every person who lived a life full of opportunities to accept him, but never did. Don't let that be you this morning. If you're here and you're not saved, you're not born again, today is your day. 
today is the day that you will experience the fullness of the love of God like never before. So if that is you, or maybe, maybe you did serve God at one time. You actually know God. You serve God. You've read the word of God. You've worshiped God before, but you've fallen away. So whether you need to get saved for the very first time or rededicate your life to Jesus, today is your day. And if that's you, I want you to do very, something very simple. I want you to lift every hand and acknowledge, that's me. I want to rededicate my life. I want to give my life to Jesus. Why do I need to raise my hand? Because the Bible says if you're ashamed of him before man, he will be ashamed of us before the Father. But if we accept him before man, he will accept us before the Heavenly Father. There's something about a public acknowledgement. Yeah, I need God. Can I tell you something? It ain't, we're not going to be surprised. Every one of us need God. Oh, what are you going to think about me? We're going to think, man, finally, you did it. Good. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what they, because the Bible says once one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. They're not like, oh, you can say, what happened? What'd you do? No, they're rejoicing. So if heaven rejoices, so do we. I don't care if you're in ministry. I don't care who you are. We're going to rejoice, amen, because one sinner repented. So it's dark in here. I got a big light in my face. I can't see none of y'all. I see silhouettes. But if you raise your hand and you say, I want to get right with God, I want you to come out of your seat, come to this altar. I want to pray for you. If that was you, anyone here? Anyone here? Come on. Come on. Anyone else? Anyone else in this place? Come on. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Praise God. Come on, anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Giving time for God to do what God does this morning. Come on. Amen. Come on. Ain't the love of God amazing? Man, the love of God is so amazing. For you two men that came up here. And let me tell you something. These two men are in ministry in this church. Oh, no, I don't care. This is what they needed. They felt in their heart, I need to do this. I need to make a fresh commitment to God. If they can do it, so can you. Is there anyone else before, we, before I pray with them right now? Anyone else? All right. And if there's not anyone else, listen, you know what that means? That means we need to do a better job of getting sinners. We need to do a better job inviting our friends and family that we know ain't right with God. We need to do a better job of bringing them into this place. Because listen, when they come in and hear a message like this, I pray that in Jesus' name they'll put down the guards and let God be God. Amen? But for you two men at this altar, I want to pray for you right now. I'll just repeat this prayer after me. Mean with all your heart and, and watch God. Come on. Pray with me, church. Say these words. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Wash me and cleanse me in your precious blood. I believe that you died for me, that you rose again on the third day. And on that third day, you defeated death, hell, the grave, and my sin. Come into my heart. Make me a new creation. The old me and the old ways are done away with I am brand new from this point forward I'm going to serve you fill me now with your Holy Spirit that I could be who you want me to be and do what you want me to do in Jesus name 
I'm saved. Amen and amen. Come on, church. Come on, rejoice. Rejoice in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, listen. This is a movement, not a message. It's a movement, not a message. And it ends and begins with every one of us in this place, every one of you watching this morning. It begins and ends with us. God wants to do more. God wants to do more. And how, how, does, how does God do more? He does more in us and through us. Lift up your hands all over this place. Father, use us. Use us to love God. Use us, oh God, to love, Lord God. Use us to go out of the four walls of this building and love people the way you love me. To love people the way you loved us, God. To love us, God, pursuing us, going after us, God. Loving us, Lord God, the only way you could ever love. Father, your word says that we love because you first loved us. Lord, we don't even have the ability to love apart from the love you've already put inside of us, Lord. So, Father, help us to love people, God. And that means that we do things. Love is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It is an action this morning. So, God, help us to love people by paying for someone's grocery, God, uh, giving us someone in need, Father, giving someone a coat when they're cold, Father, in heaven, praying for someone, God, who's going through it. Father, in heaven, help us to love Jesus. You've given us the most amazing blueprint and guide there is to love. You loved me when I was unlovable. You loved me when I was full of sin and hatred. You loved me, Lord God, to the point that I had to give my heart and life to you, Father. Your love revolutionized my life. So, Father, all we want to do in this revolution is take your love, not our love, your love, and take it to the world that it may revolutionize someone else's life. God, that your love will be so great it causes people to stop looking at pornography, to stop drinking, to stop smoking, to stop cheating, God, to stop doing the things they've done, God. Father in heaven, let your love be so great it makes them want to have you. Father, we love you. And we thank you, Lord God, that today will be a beautiful day to go and put this into action, God. Today is the right day to go and love someone. Father, we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory in the highest, God, for all that you are and all that you've done and everything you're about to do within the Cure Church of Lee Summit, Father. Let us be the epicenter of a revolution, God. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, will somebody lift up your voice? Give God some praise. Give God some praise right now. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to the Cure Church Lead Summit podcast. If you would like to partner with us, please visit our website at www.thecurechurchls.com and click the Give tab. We thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, Jesus is the cure.